Okay, late night Saturday. Oh, it's Friday, isn't it? Goddamn. Friday in Philly. No, I'm saying, I'm sorry. Look, I've been drinking, folks. It's my birthday. It's Saturday in Philly. It's still Friday in uh, Texas, uh, where Box is located. It is. Oh, it is your birthday. And for that, I have to do this. Well, another fucking year has come and gone. So grab your fucking party hat and put that fucker on. We're going to drink a lot of fucking beer and smoke a lot of fucking pot. And if you're supposed to work tomorrow, better call and tell it to fuck off. Happy fucking birthday to you. All your fucking friends are here and your fucking family too. Hope you get some fucking action, fucking drink until you spew. Happy fucking birthday to you. All right. Happy birthday, Anthony. Thanks, Box. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. Where'd you get that from, man? Uh, the Tube of Yous. The YouTube. <laughs> nice. That's not the first time I've used that song, so don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved yeah, it. It's, it it's, it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, after I take a sip of beer there, we are, uh, I think we're going to talk some warriors tonight. Warriors. Warriors. We coming out to play, yay. Yay, yay. <laughs> All right, fuck it. Let's just jump right into this motherfucker. Um, it's late, so why don't we just start? Warriors. Warriors. The Warriors is a movie from 1979. Sort of another cult classic. I would put it up there with uh, Rocky Horror's kind of cult classic fame. Definitely, definitely. Uh, people have either seen this movie or not. Uh, they've heard of it or not. And if they've seen it, most people rave about it. Oh, fucking great movie, great movie. Um, again, 1979. Uh, follows nine guys. To start off with, called the Warriors, which is a gang. Uh, starts off basically, they're on a subway. They're heading to where were they headed to? I forgot, like Queens or something, right? Uh, it was either Queens or the Bronx, I believe. The Bronx. the Bronx. It was the Bronx. They are a gang out of Coney Island. They were heading to the Bronx to go listen to Cyrus the leader of the Gramercy Riffs, try to unite the gangs. Uh, That's pretty much where it starts. They're on their way there. You get a few great scenes. They kind of introduce the gang to you that way. Um, Not too many people from this movie made it too far past this movie. Um, Ajax... Uh, did a few things. Ajax was in 48 Hours 1, 48, uh, 48 Hours the first one. He was also in Renaissance Man. Yeah. He was, oh, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, you're right, you're right. He was. He's, he's done a lot more than that. Uh, his name is James Ramar. Uh, he did a bunch more stuff after that. Let me see what else I can see. He Sex in the City, <laughs> The Farewell. He was in a movie called Lap Dance. I like that. Yeah. Uh, from Dust Till Dawn series he was in. I guess he was in Dexter uh, for a 
few episodes. Private practice he was in. I mean, he's done a lot of things, that guy. He's one of the um, one of the few that actually did some stuff out of there. The other one is uh, who me and you were discussing earlier, uh, Anthony, who is... Oh, God, I got to look her name up. Okay. Oh, Deborah, Deborah Vanna. Deborah Van Valkenburg. Thank you. Yeah, she did a few movies after that. Anthony knew her from, what was that movie? Too Close for Comfort. Too Close for Comfort. I know her from Streets of Fire with Rick Moranis and Michael Paré, yeah. who uh, was Eddie from Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. as far as, like, she's more known as, like, a TV actress than a mm-hmm. movie actress. Because, like, she did The Warriors. Everybody knows her from that. Streets of Fire, I'm not too familiar with that, but she didn't really have much of a movie career. Mm-hmm. She did, like, a lot. Like I said, she's known for Too Close for Comfort, and she popped up on, like, random television shows throughout the years, like, throughout the 80s and 90s. Yes, yeah, Streets of Fire is one you should check out. It's really a good movie. It's got Michael Pere, or Pere, I don't know how you say his name correctly, but um, him, her, Deborah Van Valkenburg. Rick Moranis, Willem Dafoe is in it. Yeah, that's a I, good actor right there, boy. Yeah. He, you know, she yeah. doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves. Oh no, no William no. Dafoe is he looks he looks weird as hell, but he's a good actor. Have you ever seen Animal House with him and Edward Furlong? Animal House, that's a classic, man. I'm, I'm Animal Factory. I'm sorry. Uh no, no. Oof, that's one we need to review one night since you've never sat and seen it. Animal uh, Factory. Another movie with him in it, uh, I don't know if you saw it, a movie called Autofocus, based on uh, the life and times of Bob Crane from mm-hmm. Hogan's Heroes. You have to no. see that movie. I'll check that out. Very good. William Dafoe, he basically, uh, I don't know, not to sidetrack, but Bob Crane, guy from Hogan's Heroes, he had a uh, an addiction. He got a video, Somebody gave him a video camera back in the day, and this is when they were still fairly new. And he was making his own movie, shall we say, at a time when that wasn't really prevalent. Now everybody has a camcorder that yeah. has stuff doing something. But um back then he got hooked up with this guy who basically uh became obsessed with him, like an obsessed fan. And Bob basically said, Hey, I don't want to deal with him no more and uh cost him his life. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's some crazy. And, and, uh, and uh, William Defoe plays the stalker dude. And uh they picked the right guy because like I said, William good actor, but creepy looking motherfucker. Yeah, dude, don't forget he was in Crybaby. Oh, he had a see, he had a couple of scenes in Crybaby. Um, but anyway, back to the Warriors because we could sidetrack from this all night. Uh, Warriors starts off again, and they're on the subway. Uh, they kind of introduce you to a few of the gangs on the subway. Uh, they introduce you to obviously you see the Boppers, which are the guys that are in their little you know outfits with the uh, vests on. They got the Boyle Avenue Runners, the Electric Eliminators, the Gladiators, the Hi-Hats, the Hurricanes, the Jones Street Boys, the Moon Runners, the Panzers. Basically, it's basically like high school. Everybody has their own clique. (laughs) It was basically like that. 1979 gangs. Now, the funny thing is, this movie says it's based in 1979 around the gangs in 79. Now, if you are watching the director's cut, notice the director's cut says that it's actually sometime in the near future. Yeah. That's all it says. So the director's cut is definitely different. Anthony's watching the director's cut right now. 
sort of comic book like. It uh, got some comic book cuts in it. Yeah. And, uh, so box is basically a matter of full disclosure. Mm. I've never actually sat down and watched the Warriors in full. I've seen it in bits and parts over the years, but from what I'm seeing so far, I definitely, I'm definitely enjoying it, and I actually regret not actually uh, taking the time to sit down and watch this sooner. But uh, it's definitely a good flick, worthwhile if you haven't seen it. Yeah, it definitely is a classic. Definitely, definitely a great fucking movie. So yeah, check it out, the Warriors. I, I, we're talking about this because one, it's about to be adapted into a television show, and I was wrong. I said it was the guy that made the movie. Who it is is Marvel Comics is taking this and making it into a TV show. Wow! So this could actually be really, really good. So we'll see. Um, basically, they get to this meeting where Cyrus, who is the leader of the Gramercy Rifts, the largest gang in New York City at the time. Uh, he gives a speech and he gets killed during his speech and it gets blamed on the Warriors and they've got to get home. Yeah. So that's yeah. basically what it is right there. Oh, uh, Box, I don't know if you have it queued up, but I think it's now now is as good a time as any to cue up the classic iconic line of "Can you dig it?" That I'm convinced Can I'm convinced Booker T got his catchphrase from watching the fucking it. Warriors. Can you dig it? <laughs> oh, he's uh he said that before that that's where he got the line from. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that's a great fucking line, boy. <laughs> yep. Yep, so Cyrus, after that, gets shot. It gets blamed on the Warriors by Luther of the Rogues. Now, Luther also did a lot of stuff. We know Luther from Commando. Uh, he was Sally in Commando, the guy who was uh, chasing the Porsche. The famous scene where he Arnold pulls away in the crash Porsche, and it's in perfect yeah. condition. You know him from... The Crow. Oh, yeah. The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. My God, David Patrick Kelly is his name. He has done tons of movies. He was in Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis. Yeah. Twin Peaks recently. Let me see some movies he's done. K-Pax. Uh, moonlighting. Wow. Commando. Sully. Forty-eight hours. He was in Forty-eight Hours too. That's right. He was Luther. Well, yeah. I forgot he was in that first Forty-eight Hours movie. Yeah, like uh, what a lot of these cult classic movies, man. It's like they, you know, this is the movie show, not the wrestling show. But you can kind of equate it to like the Journeyman in wrestling, mm -hmm. where they don't necessarily go on to be big, huge stars. But if you pay attention, you'll see them pop up in the most obscure shit. Ah, yeah, here it is. Joe and Anthony Russo working with Paramount and Hulu for a reimagined Warriors TV series. Frank Baldwin will write the series. Tony Scott had planned a remake of the film in an interview in 2005. Scott that said he had the remake uh, would be set in modern-day New York. Gangs such as the Baseball Furies and the Hi-Hats would not be included. Well, fuck you. The fucking Baseball Furies are the best. Uh, <laughs> After Tony Scott died, Mark Neville died. I can't see that here. Has been confirmed to take over the making of the remake. I don't want a remake. 
I really don't. I would rather a TV show. Look, you can't go without putting the like the baseball furies in there. The, I mean, the, all right, you can take the hi hats out because all they had was a quick cameo in the beginning scene. Yeah, but you can't take out the that. Yeah, and uh, like you know, you know your reaction with the whole "fuck you." I don't. Um, that proves my point, man. Remakes very rarely, very rarely live up to the original concept of what was intended with the Warriors or any other movie or TV show. And just the fact that the guy died, uh, Tony Scott, I'm assuming he was obviously the original creator of the movie. Mm-hmm. Basically, once the originator, the creator of something passes away, it's kind of hard for somebody else to come along. Even if they were a fan and they kind of understand the concept, it's hard for them to kind of remake and imagine what the creator's thinking, how he would reimagine it and how he would bring it to light. Because mm. I'm pretty sure, I don't know, I never met Tony Scott. Might have been a wonderful human being, could have been an asshole. But I'm pretty sure he might have wanted to keep it as close to the original concept as possible and not try to replace characters or basically retro retroactively rewrite the show. I'm sorry, the movie. So, I don't know. I I don't, you know, I'm with you. I don't agree with changing the core concept of what the movie was, but that's where we're at in Hollywood these days. Yep. That is where we're at. Unfortunately, just no more creativity, just remake, remake, remake. And I will reiterate what I've said a thousand times, and I'll continue to say it. Hollywood, if you ever attempt to remake Goodfellas, I'm fucking taking people out. Leave that shit alone. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, here we go. Real quick, I'm going to run down. Since we're talking about the Warriors, we should probably get to know all the Warriors. We had Ajax, Ajax, Cleon, Cochise, Cowboy, Fox, (laughs) Rembrandt, Snow, Swan, and Vermin. That's how it started. Um, Meanwhile... Let's go back to where they uh, they get blamed for the killing of Cyrus by Luther of the Rogues, and basically they their leader does get killed in that fight as they show they don't really show him getting killed but they imply he's not getting up. Yeah, and then um, they they're of course worried about is there still a truce because it was a truce called for this. You know, didn't want anybody, just like they say in the beginning, he doesn't want anybody flexing any muscles, doesn't want anybody getting any fights. So that's what they did. And now these guys have to bop their way back to Coney Island. Wow. Yep. So, um, you know, Box, let me ask you, because you're the uh, Warriors expert here. Mm-hmm. In terms of longevity... Of the film, how would how would you rank it? How would you rank it in terms of like longevity? Like, do you see it as a movie that can kind of like transcend times? Like, you can just show it to anybody from any era and they can sit down and enjoy it. Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, let's face it, 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 it's it definitely holds up. I mean, I've seen it recently and it really holds up as 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 a movie. You know, it. Luckily, there weren't a lot of special effects. So it didn't have to, you know, look cheesy in parts. It was just a bunch of fight scenes, really. Not even bloody fight scenes. So I think this movie holds up. I think you could watch this movie now and definitely uh, 
appreciate it for what it is, even <laughs> when it was made. I mean, but again, if it had a bunch of, if it had special effects and a bunch of fake blood and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, and and that's like the benefit of movies. You know, we I'm getting sidetracked again, but hey, it's <laughs> THT style. Uh, the benefit I feel of movies back then is they didn't have a lot of special effects. Obviously, the budget and obviously the technology wasn't available back then, so they had to rely on creativity and just like rawness, and that's mm-hmm. what made movies feel real. Like when you watched Jaws in the seventies, I guarantee. You, you had people that were scared to go to the beach for weeks and months at a time. And that Definitely. fucking shark look, I don't give a fuck what anybody say. In the original Jaws, that shark looked real as shit. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You, you Like that movie, that's a classic. And the same thing with The Warriors. Sometimes less is more. Everything doesn't have to be a big budget spectacular. Just mm. go in with a basic core concept, a good story, and just make things look realistic. Everything don't have to be like... You know, you shoot somebody and they blow up and they have fireworks coming out their ass. It don't have to be over the top like that. Yeah, not everything has to be a, you know, modern day Michael Bay film. Doesn't. And this is a very simple, like, it's a very simple story. A gang has to get back to their turf. And in order to do that, they got to fight their way back. See, they don't know that they've been blamed for this murder. Until the middle of the movie. They just know they got to fight their way back. And they don't know why. So the first gang they get to. They encounter. Is the Turnbull ACs. These are a bunch of bald scary looking sons of bitches. Basically these were the skinheads. Of (laughs) the group. So let me see here. What what, what does the sound have here? Let's see. It's the Turnbull ACs. Think they forgot about the truce? No shit. <laughs> no shit. No I shit. Love it. <laughs> so that's the first gang, and they really just ended up, end up running from this gang, getting on a subway train and heading out. So that's the first one that they go in. Uh, the second gang they encounter, they actually encounter a fire when they're heading back to Coney because they thought they were home free. But, of course, they encounter a fire. Who's the next gang they come up to? The Orphans. Oh. There's the about orphans. 30 of these guys. Now, the Orphans guy, uh, the leader of the Orphans, I've seen in a few movies, too. Uh, very small parts, but I've seen him in a couple of movies. What's one of them I've seen him in? Ugh, can't even think of one right now. But I have seen him around. They... Basically, this is where they meet the girl. What's her name in this? Is her name Mercy in this movie? Give me a second here. Why? Because she make you go, Lord have mercy. No, her name in this movie is Mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Mercy. (laughs) I was right. That's a little scared that I was right. But um, let's see. It says uh, Mercy, a local prostitute who hangs around with the orphans. She does make trouble. Uh, they orphans were about to let him through. They were being respectful, but in the end, she causes trouble, and uh, the warriors end up throwing a Molotov cocktail and wasting the orphans. Wow. Wasted. Now, now, uh, now, uh, box. We we mm. can't uh, go past. We can't uh, just skip past, gloss over that part. A uh, 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 a prostitute mm-hmm. 
named Mercy. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in for a minute, folks. A prostitute named Mercy. <laughs> Have mercy. Oh, God. I didn't hurt at all. <laughs> she should have been on Full House. Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 no. She should have been on. Yeah, Different Strokes was one around this time. There you go. That yeah, great. That, that could have been because, you know, Different Strokes is famous for, like, the very special episodes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Coleman and a prostitute named Mercy. Yeah. And he said, oh, Lord, have mercy. And it was at that moment. <laughs> that a uh, Gary called that a uh, little Arnold Jackson hit puberty. He goes from what you talking about, Willis, to oh have mercy. That could have been a <laughs> that could have been a nice three part episode. <laughs> that could have been. That definitely could have been. So <laughs> the Warriors do end up getting to the station. It's uh, still the eight of them at this point, but this is when they do get split up. They get chased by the cops. Uh, Fox actually gets killed in this part right here, so they're down to seven. And this is where they run into the Baseball Furies. This is a scary-looking gang. Uh, If you've never seen the movie, these guys are in baseball uniforms, and their faces are painted, all different colors, and they're carrying baseball bats. This is one of the best scenes, in my opinion, in the movie. I don't know why, but since I was a kid, this scene always stuck with me. Always stuck with me. Um, Ajax, of course, the tough guy, gets tired of running. And, you know, basically they think they lose the clowns. AJ finally turns around and gets sick of this shit. And... We get one of the best lines from Ajax in this movie, and I shall play it for you right now. Cue it up. And I'll shove that bat up your ass and turn you into a popsicle. <laughs> Tremendous. I'll shove that bat up your ass and turn you into a popsicle. Yes, I mean, yes. That's a fucking man right there. Fucking A. Fucking That's a. a. That's fucking man talk right there. And, of course, they do. They leave the baseball furies on the ground, wincing in pain. Yes. Yes. Yep. yep. And, and then... I, yeah, and I will I will say, man, that's another thing, man. Like, the shit talking in movies was just better back in the day. Mm. Much. Man, <laughs> that you don't see that level of shit talking today. They didn't uh, have to think about movie. it. Because they didn't have to think about, oh, who's this going to offend? <laughs> is this going to offend popsicles? I mean, they have feelings, right? Yeah. Don't they? I, I don't know why, but considering it, it involves shoving something up somebody's ass, I guarantee you the gay community will find a way to be offended by that line if you put it on a, put it in a movie today. I guarantee you. <laughs> I've, I've used that line in a real fight. <laughs> Did it? Wait a minute. What was the end result, Box? You got um, <laughs> Did you win? Actually, it got. But we really never ended. But he had a bat, and I had nothing. And I just looked <laughs> at him and went, "I'll take that bat, shove it up your ass, and turn you into a popsicle." And my buddy just looked at me and went, "You're not helping things." That <laughs> was alcohol involved at the time. Oh, of course. <laughs> and so I found beer muscles. 
Later, oh, I definitely was beer muscles. Later, I found out the guy was a fucking marine and probably would have fucking killed me. But yeah. I would have. Yeah, so I, your buddy I, talked I, you out of a bad situation. Usually, I was the one talking him out of the bad situation. But this this time, it was me. He was talking me out of the situation. So whatever. So what precipitated it? Like, did he uh, say who who started the uh, incident? I don't even know if I can remember. I remember we were at his girlfriend's apartment building. My buddy Mike, his girlfriend's apartment building. Her boyfriend. No, her brother came home and didn't like my buddy Mike. Uh. Now, my buddy Mike sometimes can be a little racist and... He might have had someone with him, and he was starting some shit. But I remember I went up to her brother, and he pulled out a bat, and I used that line. And it didn't go over well. But he never got to actually grab me or hit me with it. It, it, it got diffused. I don't think no cops showed up. But I, I know we ended up taking the keg and going somewhere else. Very good. It would have it, it would have been, been hilarious to me, like if he. I don't know if he saw the Warriors, but it would have been funny if he instantly recognized that line and just started laughing. <laughs> like, like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, that, Fuck yeah, that, yeah. honestly, I, that probably would have instantly diffused the situation. Like, wait a minute. Dude, are you quoting the Warriors right now? <laughs> Goddamn right I am. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's great. That's like using... Fucking wrestling moves in a fucking shoot fight. Yeah, you know, yeah. I get in a bar fight, you know, yeah. And, I, and I've, I've been hammered myself, but even when you get in those confrontations, I've never felt the urge, even when, while drunk, to climb up on the, uh, you know, the uh, bar stool or something like that and attempt to hurricane Rana like I'm fucking Rey Mysterio. <laughs> oh, gee. Wait a minute. Weeb says there, there are sequels. I don't think they ever got made. Uh, the filmmakers wanted to cast Tony Danza. In the role of Vermin, but he was cast in Taxi. Oh my God, Tony Danza! It's an extravaganza. All right, okay. No, I don't know. It, it might have been too cornball if Tony Danza was in it. Yeah, th- this would have been before. Um, who's the boss? So it might not have been so bad. Who knows? Um. Anyway, after their wonderful fight with the Baseball Furies, they do get split up. Uh, few of them managed to escape. Coaches Rembrandt and Vermin managed to escape and get to uh, Union Square, where they meet the Lizzies. Wow, that's right, the female gang, the Lizzies. These girls, I guess, for the seventies, they looked good, but um, <laughs> who? Yeah, it was a different time. I mean, as much as we like to talk about, you know, the good old days, mm-hmm. there's some things that, that you just like. Modern times are very good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, while the uh, while those three are getting it on with the Lizzies, Ajax, Swan, all the other guys are, um, they see a girl on a bench. Ajax goes back to try to get him a piece, and Ajax gets arrested. And, of course, before he does end up hitting a cop, 
before he goes out and he calls the cop a fucking wimp. That's a great scene, too. Matter of fact, I'm playing the movie in the background and that's the scene I'm at right now is where that happens. Here, let me see here. I can probably fast forward right to that part from here. Let's see here. She's blowing the whistle to get the backup. Dragging a park bench here, trying to get the cuffs off. Here we go. Cop, pull up. Boom. Nightstick. And here it is. <laughs> Had to hit him with a nightstick, you fucking wimp. Yeah, uh, so that's the uh, end of Ajax. I, I, I'm going to uh, give you a quick quiz. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a tie into uh, the uh, Warriors movie, mm -hmm. one obviously. But this whole concept of going, you know, basically like I guess like a, a weird night on the town, and like you just kind of got to fight your way through. They try to make it to the next day. Uh, does this remind you of a movie came out in the early '90s? Fight your way through to make it the juice? No. Good guess, though. <laughs> Came out a year after juice. Menace to society? I don't know, man. No. I'm, I'm, this, is, this, is, <laughs> this is not a all-black casted film. No, I'm, I'm just thinking movies you gotta fight to the next day. I don't know. I don't know. Judgment Night. Judgment Night, yes. Which, which for uh, you know, we're gonna review that because I don't know. You seen you seen that before, right? Oh fuck yeah, that's Dennis a fucking Larry. great movie. Oh, Dennis that, Larry, and like the, just yeah. like uh, as we're talking about the Warriors, that the whole like just like the storyline and the plot. It, I'm thinking of that movie right now. Yeah, good point. I never thought of that. I never thought of that. Yeah, Dennis Leary, Cuba Gooding Jr., Emilio Estevez. Yeah. Dennis Leary was fucking great. I mean, yeah. yeah, he was good in that one. Uh, let's see, where are we? Uh, so after Ajax gets locked up, they show Rembrandt and what's-his-name with the Lizzies. They start getting a little bit, getting it on, getting it on. This is where they actually, the girls pull out guns and knives, start shooting at them, start trying to stab them. Oh, shit. <laughs> the little Rembrandt does get stabbed. They finally get out of there. But this is where they find out that they are wanted for and have been framed for the murder of Cyrus. And that every gang in the city must be after them. Well, uh, you know, real quick, you know, uh, Weebs, shout out to Weebs in the chat. He's actually uh, dropping some knowledge on us here. Yeah, I see that. Let me see here. The filmmakers, let me see here. The filmmakers did extensive casting in New York City. Hill, let me see here. Buh, 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 buh. Hill had screened an independent film called Madman for Sigourney Weaver to cast her in Alien and it also featured Michael Beck as a male lead. The director was impressed with Beck's performance and cast him in The Warriors. Hill initially wanted a Puerto Rican actress for the role of Mercy. But Deborah Van Valkenburg's agent convinced the film's casting directors to see her, and she was eventually cast. While there were white characters in Yurt's book, none of the central characters or protagonists were white. 
According to Hill, Paramount did not want an all-black cast for, quote, commercial reasons. Mm. <laughs> Understandable, I guess. Uh, at, the, at the time, obviously, that might be a different story. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's... Now, <clears throat> also, let's not... Real quick, I'm just going to jump back to... You know how we jump everywhere. Yeah. We're going to jump back. Now, this was based off of a novel, this movie. I, I I forgot to mention that. This movie was based off of a novel by Sol Urich. Uh, that novel was called... Give me a second here. Ah, I had it, and I lost it. Sol Urich... Warriors, Solieric Warriors. Warriors. Come out to play. Alright, I can't even find the fucking name of it anywhere. It's in the beginning of the movie. It actually is in the beginning of the movie. I'll replay it in a minute and get it. Here. Why don't I do it right now? But while I'm doing that, uh, let's see. Where were we in the movie? And we can keep talking from there. Uh, basically, we were at the part where the Lizzie's had pulled out guns and knives. Ah. After, they, after they gave our uh, fearless heroes a little piece. Yes. Almost like a farewell. <laughs> a last meal. A cock tease is what they did to them. <laughs> uh, they gave them blue balls and sent them out with uh, bullets. Yeah. Not a good way to go, guys. Not a good yeah. way to go. Yep, and ironically enough, over 30 years later, women are still cock teasing us. Go figure, some things never change. Crazy chicks. So let's <laughs> see here. So yeah, after that... I mean, really, the movie kind of starts wrapping up here. I mean, it's not a lot of depth in this movie. Yeah, it's an action flick. It's basically yeah. like a shoot 'em up flick, but it, it has a little depth because it's, there's, a, there's an actual story, there's an actual plot. There's not, it's, it's not violence for the sake of violence. Right. Well, no. I mean, there I mean, is, but reason. it's a reason for it. Oh, yeah, they're trying to get the fuck home. Yeah, that's so, a good reason as any. <laughs> that's a great reason for violence. So, th at this point, uh, they kind of cut scene. Mercy comes back and finds Swan walking through the station, lets him know there's some guys, gang called the Punks, on roller skates chasing him. And she says... See that dude over there with the skates? Over there. He's after you. And he's got some guys with him. I know they're on my ass. But now they know I know it. <laughs> How's that for acting, huh? Yes. <laughs> hey, this is why people listen to us, for this kind of in-depth commentary on... Absolutely. ...such compelling, compelling acting and performances in these movies. Absolutely. The Warriors, ladies and gentlemen. The Warriors. Now, he starts <laughs> taking these guys towards the bathroom when he looks over and he sees the rest of the Warriors. What's left of the Warriors? 
and they take him in the bathroom and beat the crap out of these guys. They take a good beating too, especially Swan. Swan gets pretty good good beating on him. Um so but they do end up beating this guy. Now while this is happening, someone is also telling the Gramercy Rifts that it was not the Warriors who shot Cyrus. So, but they don't know that yet either. All they know is that they're trying to get their asses home. <clears throat> you know, this is where, though, it kind of shows what people thought of them when they're on the train, heading, finally going home, beat up, bloody, dirty, and this fancy couple gets on and just stares at him and treats him like shit. But they finally get home. And the rogues are right on their ass. They are after them. And, of course, this right here is where you get the famous line that, if, even if you haven't heard, seen this movie, you probably heard this. Yeah. Warriors come out to play. Warriors come out to play. There you go. Yes, iconic. I've heard that line several times. I think a lot of people have. Not everyone knows where it's from, but like I said, even if you haven't seen this movie, you've heard that line somewhere. Someone somewhere has said it always. It's just one of those lines that come out. So, But anyway, they take the rogues to the beach and blah blah bunch of bullshit talking and the next thing you know luther pulls out a gun <laughs> swans gets a knife stabs him and then the rifts come down and it's over and of course the leader of the rifts tells him you warriors are good real good the best damn right the yes. best what we do the best uh, warriors make it uh there's probably a ton more i could say about this movie it's such a great movie let me see if there's any um let me see what i missed here but uh, definitely i believe a more uh, a movie that can hold up for a long time very yeah. fucking long time yeah now who knows how it would have you know worked out back then well, let me ask you, Bob, considering, like, the success of it and the fact that people, like, over 30 years later still talk about this movie, do you think in that time frame they could have got away with doing a sequel or, like, making it, like, a complete series? Or do you think it was better off just being, like, one and done? Probably better off one and done, more than likely, especially for the time. I mean, there was that wasn't a time where people really made a bunch of fucking sequels, so... Yeah. You know, uh, a little bit of uh, did you know stuff in one take. Michael Beck, Swan, swings about at Deborah, Mercy, uh, accidentally, where he throws it at the cop. He throws it at the cop, hits the cop in the knees. Looks like she was rushed to the hospital at 3 a.m. for stitches. Wow. <laughs> Actually hit her. 
The original movie poster featured the words, the words, these are the armies of the night. They are 1,000 strong. They outnumber the cops five to one. They could run New York City. Basically upset, outraged a lot of people. The film was attempted. Uh, they attempted to ban the film. Pussies. Hmm. Let's see what else is good here. Ron President Ronald Reagan was a fan of the film, even calling the film's lead actor Michael Beck to tell him he had screamed it at Camp, Camp David and enjoyed it. Wow. That's actually... Think, think about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. The film, the film trucks for the movie were actually protected by a real gang called the Mongrels for $500 a day. I don't know if you know anything about the Mongrels. They're a dangerous fucking gang. Face tattoos. Crazy gang. I don't know how they were back then, but... Oh, they probably were, like, ruthless. Mm. Crew members were sent death threats because local gangs weren't cast. Thousands of dollars worth of equipment were damaged when one of the gangs tore through the set during a lunch break. Wow. Wow. Robert De Niro was asked to be cowboy but passed on it. Uh, David Patrick Kelly, about the uh, taunt we just played, the come out and play taunt, he actually based it on a intimidating neighbor of his, which they said made it even creepier. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very, like I said, man, it's, it, it, it. I wish they made movies like this more often. I really do. I just wish they made better movies more often. Really. That's what they need to do is better fucking movies definitely and honestly just like i said you know everything evolves so obviously you can't make movies in the same style as you did back in the day 60s 70s but you can take concepts of you can take aspects of what made it work back then mm -hmm. simplify the process get people that i mean for god's sakes i mean i don't know who's writing the movies nowadays but you can tell some of these people have never taken a course in creative writing because everything's a fucking remake yeah, I mean, what do you have to do for that? Not much. But, yeah, all you um, got to do is, oh, I saw that movie, you know, when I was about, you know, when I was about 12, 13 years old. Oh, let me do a remake. <laughs> nice. Let's see here. This movie, you know, this is actually, for a 1979 movie to have 7.7 .7 out of 10 on IMDb is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, man, really I, I don't know, man. It's like a lot of those old movies, man. Like the the worst thing I could honestly say about them is like sometimes like the picture quality is it, it, not like it doesn't really kind of hold up. And in terms of the content, I you know I can't very rarely. I pretty much like a lot of movies. Like I find myself watching a lot of movies from like seventies, eighties, well, early I mean, mid nineteen nineties. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. Yeah, you know, even the picture quality of this, like I said, it wasn't made to be a big you know, special effects, so oh, this is going to happen, this is going to blow up this guy's eyeballs coming out. It's a simple movie of a 19, you know, w w whatever you're, if you're watching the real movie, it's basically about 1970s gangs. If you're watching the director's cut, it's about future gangs. Either way, it's cut, it's about gangs. <laughs> One gang gets framed, they have to make it home, and that's really it. Yeah. 
And of course, I mean, Coney Island must be 50 to 100 miles from here. Yes. <laughs> this is definitely a classic, and I actually enjoy going down memory lane with this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've always loved this movie. My dad showed this to me when I was probably, I want to say, 10 years old. Wow. So that would have been 85. A lot of movies I love are from when my dad showed them to me as a kid. That's how it normally starts. You know, you pass them and it gets passed on from generation to generation. Yeah, and I can remember most of them. I mean, this one was one. <laughs> Urban Cowboy, believe it or not, is another one. <laughs> I'll forgive you for that one box. <laughs> Fuck you. That's a great movie, dude. Wow, wow. Um, Weaves, once again, shout out to Weaves in the chat. Dropping some knowledge. The Warriors was made on a budget of $4 million and made $22.5 million. And, and what, folks, we're talking about $22.5 million is a lot by today's standards, but by the 70s standards, I can only imagine. Mm. That, my God. This was a very big movie back then, obviously. Could you imagine a flick making like that? Honestly, $22.5 million in 1979 is the equivalent of a movie nowadays making like a billion dollars over over the course of like uh, two or three weekends. Yeah, this was a real fucking big movie. So I didn't I didn't know that. Now, uh, going into the movie, obviously, I guess anybody that makes a movie and invests money in it, they the plan, the hope is that it's successful. Do you think, in your opinion, like when they made this movie, that they thought it would have the lasting impact that it did? I think people hope for that kind of impact in every movie they make. Um, I don't think you can call that, but maybe they did. I mean, I'm sure that's what you're going for is a movie that can live through time and be timeless, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Not have that, not expiration date, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> Best before date on it. <laughs> best before, yeah, yeah. Best, best seen by, you know. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because it's like some movies. Let's be, it's like it's kind of like uh, you watch them and in a moment they're funny as hell or they're great movies, but it's almost like you kind of had to be in that time and really kind of appreciate it. Because when you try to watch it back again, it's like it has no, it has no replay value. That's mm -hmm. what I'm looking for. But this is a movie like Sir. I think you can show anybody. From any generation, and they'd be like, "Wow, this is a great fucking movie." Dude, there's still gangs around. <laughs> I mean, it's not like there's not. So, yeah, we call them cops. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a movie about gangs, cops, and fighting. It's yeah. all still around today. Yeah, and, and what I like about it is, like, even though obviously you have people that get shot and all that and stabbed. Mm -hmm. One thing, not that you know, violent. Not that violent. I'm not trying to condone violence here, but. You notice how people just seem back then had more balls and they would just get in the fist fights and just let the best man win. It wasn't all this, you know, you get mad at somebody, pull out a gun, bang, bang. Mm -hmm. You actually fought it out with the guy first. <laughs> Here's interesting. Hill was, Hill was working on a low budget and tight post-production schedule because of a fixed release date as the studio wanted to release the Warriors before a rival gang picture called The Wanderers. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember The Wanderers. I love that movie. As a result, Hill was unable to realize this comic book look until the making of The Ultimate Director's Cut in 2005. 
Ah, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Interesting factoid. So, in other words, back then, he even even as early as like the I guess seventy seven, seventy eight, when they were making it for a seventy nine release, mm-hmm. he basically had the comic book theme in place then, but yeah. they had to rush it, so they had to kind of like cut it and basically re edit it close to what twenty. It would have been twenty some odd years later. Yeah, yeah, but I and the Wanderers is another great fucking gang movie about old gangs. High school kids and gangs, basically. Buy or sell, uh, buy or sell on the Warriors versus the Wanderers. Ooh, shout right. out to Sol- Solid Monster, though. <laughs> Sorry, still we're borrowing your gimmick, bro. If I had, like, I have to choose. You basically you buy one and you sell one. Like, oh. in other words, if you're trying to, if I've never seen either one and I only have time to watch one movie, which one would you push me to? Warriors. Warriors. Mm-hmm. I would tell you to watch The Warriors before The Wanderers. Wanderers is a great movie. You can watch that another time. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It is a good movie. <laughs> Thanks, Weaves. The Wanderers had the best ending gang fight scene. <laughs> that was a good that was a good a good ending scene. You know what though? The Outsiders had a great ending fight. That rumble they had, so I mean that was another fucking gang movie. That's an actually that's another conversation because um mm-hmm. As far as fight scenes in movies, uh, cause, you know, I, I don't know if you you saw uh, They Live, right? Rest in Peace classic, Roddy Piper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. David. To this day, people have called that fight scene that they had in that movie. It was a long, uh, allegedly it was like the longest fight scene ever filmed. <laughs> and also, like, people still consider it a classic. So I guess one of these weeks we need to, like, rank, like, the best fight scenes in movies. Yeah. Mine are going to be I- a lot of Bruce Lee's. You know what's funny? My My son started taking Kempo. Karate. <laughs> he came home and uh, the other day and said, Daddy, who's Bruce Lee? I'm like, what? Have I not taught you well? <laughs> what have I done? So he sat down and watched a bunch of uh, Bruce Lee stuff with me. Uh, he's still a young How old is he, like six, seven? Seven. He now yeah. can probably teach a Bruce Lee class with me. Yeah. Oh yeah. He <laughs> he grabbed the book. He wanted, he I told him he can't take it, but he looked at the book. He wants to read the whole the Daiwa Kundo. The one where he explains all his martial arts moves and stuff. Nice. So he's gonna check that out. I got it right here. So but uh, I don't know. You want to uh, want to keep doing going, or is that pretty much it for this movie? I think we're done. Oh uh, yeah. You want to take some calls? Open the lines up. If anybody wants to call, it's kind of late. But uh, if you do want to call, four six nine two zero six four four six six, or Skype THT podcast. Yeah. Yeah. This I, I don't know, man. I could literally. This is one of those movies I could watch over and over, and I have. Watch this over and over again. Yeah, just to me, it doesn't get old. It's a lot. It's a match. We're in the same boat, man. It's a lot of movies like that I can never get tired of watching. Like you know, keep going back to my old standbys: uh, Goodfellas, Casino, A Bronx Tale. Jesus, mm. I got, I got, I got to find, I got to find that now. I got to find that DVD just because that's a movie that I want in my collection. That's a great fucking movie. Yeah, Bronx Tale. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got it. Okay. Uh, Chaz Palmentary, and she, that's another. You know, 
don't want to go off on a little tangent here, but Chaz Palminteri, that's another guy, does not get the credit he deserves as an actor. Very, very underrated. You know, not only underrated, but obviously a very cool guy. You'll see this guy in a movie like A Bronx Tale, and he is a total pimp. I don't know what else to fucking call him. And then you turn on Night at the Roxbury. Yeah. And he's, you know, making a joke of himself. Or Oscar, the movie with uh, Stallone as the mobster. He's in that. I mean, have you ever seen that? Uh, What's that? Oscar. Uh, With uh, Stallone? Yeah. Uh yeah, I've I've seen it like bits and pieces. I you know, oh, you it's, watch a, it's that. certain Stallone flicks that I kind of like. Um, yeah, but I I actually did like Oscar, but I got to sit down and watch it. That is a if you look at who's in that movie, it's a star-studded cast. Yeah, Stallone got those kind of connections. If you really yeah, if you really look at it, all of his movies oh. have pretty much been star-studded. Stallone is in that. Uh, Peter Riegert from Animal House. Ah. Oh. Uh, Chaz Palminteri, Mia Savine. I mean, watch that movie and you'll be like, Jesus Christ. Well, I, got, I definitely, Mia, I don't remember seeing Mia Savino in that. She was Stallone's daughter. Wow. Yeah, I definitely got to go back that and check Mia that one Savino, out. right? Hold on, man. I'm not wrong, am I? Now nah, I'm questioning myself. Oscar. Sylvester Stallone, right there. Not right there. Let me see what I can find. Oscar movie. That's what I need to type. No, movie. Jesus. <laughs> it just brings up bad stuff. There we go. Stallone movie. <laughs> 1991. There we go. I believe that was Mia Servino. Hold on. Peter Rieger, Chaz Palminteri, Joey Travolta, uh-huh. his brother. Joey. Mm-hmm. Peter Rieger, Chaz Palminteri, Joey Travolta, Paul Garekos, Vest Stallone, oh. Donna Michi. Oh, God. Thank thank you, Weebs, in the chat. Thanks. Uh, another movie we actually have to review one of these days. I haven't seen it in a while, but... It's a great fucking movie. The Usual Suspects. Chaz Palminteri was in that. He was the uh, he was one of the detectives, if you remember, uh, Box. Ah, yes. That was a great fucking movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. Marissa Tomei. I was wrong. Ah, uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Marissa. Yeah, it was Marissa Tomei. That's who it was. Fucking hottest. Uh, <laughs> She's mm-hmm. one of those. She's she's a she's a she's a special one. She actually got hotter as she got older. Dude, my cousin Vinny, she is amazingly hot. Yes, and the wrestler when she mm. goes topless, oh my god. Yep. <laughs> yep. And she's that, still not that. Old. I think she's only in her early to mid forties. Ah, Weebs is right. Tim Curry was an Oscar, who was Doctor Frankenfurter in one of my favorite movies, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Love them in Clue too. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was in and Clue. It's another guy. Tim Curry is the fucking man. Yeah, thank you, Smart. Tim Curry is the fucking man. He that, is. It, that, that doesn't get nearly the credit he deserves. No, no, he doesn't. He's been in a pr- pretty good amount of movies too. He does a lot of TV shows too. But uh, yeah. you know, 
Good for him. So, all right, man. I think it's too late. We're not going to get any fucking calls. Yeah, we're just basically shooting the shit. <laughs> we're just shooting the shit. It's probably time to get out of here. Since we were on the Warriors, we'll end to this song here while I'm doing plugs. Yeah. This was their song. All right. So, plugs, just so you guys know, me and Anthony actually got our own uh, iTunes for this. So, right now, if you want to get us on iTunes, I'll post the link on the site, on the page. But uh, just search Talking Movies. We're on there. Probably going to end up changing the name to THT Movie Review because there's a lot of talking movies on there. Yeah, and we want you to find us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're probably going to end up changing the name, but we'll let you know. Meanwhile, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, don't forget to check us out, uh, me and Shaheen, on Wednesday nights, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on Mixler.com slash THD Podcast. You can find us, uh, me and Shaheen, also on Facebook.com slash group slash THD Podcast. God damn it, I can't fucking talk. And you can find our page, what's our page, Anthony, on Facebook? Uh. Oh, Facebook.com slash THT Movie Review. Mm-hmm. Also follow us on Twitter at THT Movie Review. There you go. And on that note, thanks everybody who joined. Thanks everybody who's going to listen. And we will talk to y'all later. Bye.